Hello and welcome to Creativity Conversations. This is episode 29 and I have the pleasure of speaking with Barb Patterson today. Barb, lovely Hi. to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, going to be a treat, I know. Well, if you haven't been on these calls before, the impetus for creating them was I talked to so many people who think they aren't creative and I just thought it would be a really good idea to see if we could disabuse people of that notion. And what I've often done is had people from different careers, different walks of life, just talk about how creativity shows up in their lives. So with Barb, we're gonna do the same thing. And I'm going to start by reading her bio. Well, that is going to show us, which really doesn't say too much, just says enough that people get a taste. So. Barb Patterson is the owner of a global coaching and consulting company helping solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and leaders access more clarity, creativity, have greater impact, and higher levels of fulfillment and work in life. She's the founder of Beyond Limits in Business, the global platform and community designed to point people to the source of human potential. That potential resides within and is experienced via our minds. Barb is also the host of the Real Business Real Lives podcast. So welcome, Barb. Thank you. I know you've been a featured guest many times over on Michael Neal's masterclasses for his Super Coach Academy. And in fact, you were a, an apprentice of his a while back. I was, yeah. Right? Almost 10 years ago now, nine or 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So can you share how the understanding that you developed from working with Michael and in other areas has defined the way you work with people? Yeah, you know, I, I come from my whole adult career has been in the field of either personal development, professional development, training, leadership development, and then ultimately like organizational development. So you can hear a theme in that, right? <laughs> I've always been curious about how we bring our best self to whatever we're up to in our lives and in our work. And I've been lucky enough to be able to do that in a variety of different, I've had my own business before. I've um, worked inside of companies. My last position, I was an executive in a large global organization leading talent management. So I have a passion for transformation and I have a passion for, you know, that, that idea of how we work. And, um, and so transformation, change, development, you know, has been something I've studied, I've been a student of, as well as taught. And so when I decided to leave my job and um, start my own business, go back into my own business again now about nine or 10 years ago, I wanted to hire a coach. And um, I came across Michael. And I always say that I thought I hired Michael because of his um, experience. He knew the coaching world and he was successful and just a good man. Right. You know, so I thought like, that's why I hired him. He was going to help me be strategic about my business. But ultimately Michael is the individual that introduced me to, um, this work and that I now do. And really what I mean by that is this, the understanding that our minds are, and our internal climate what's happening on the inside of us in any given moment is shaping whatever we're trying to do, whatever we're up to in that moment. So it affects how I see myself. It affects how I see you. It affects how I deal with challenges, with new things, being in the unknown, with learning, with, you know, every area, with performance. And so what, you know, I've come to really Kind of call that and look at it is really there's a role that state of mind is having there's a role that our internal climate is having in, in our ability to show up fully in the way that we want or to learn more and so once i saw that i realized that in all my years there was always places where i was confused about change and change within me like, why could I change in one area, but not somewhere else where it really mattered? 
or I would work with leaders or other entrepreneurs and they would have a sincere desire to like show up different or, or work on something and yet they would fall back into patterns. Now in my old world, that just looked like something we had to uncover, you know, whether it was a childhood issue, whether it was a subconscious issue, whether it was habitual, you know, like it was something to uncover, figure out, get to the root of, and then we would try and fix it, right? And so it, it ended up being really complex, but I always say I didn't mind because I was up for the challenge. I loved it, right? But, but what I didn't realize is what Michael initially taught me and helped me discover, and then a lot of other really wonderful mentors have helped me see over the years is that there's a, our state of mind is almost this invisible um, variable, you know, and, and it really has the potential to elevate all our skills and competencies and all of that, or it has the ability to derail it. And in a very simple way, I always just use the example, you know, you show up to a conversation if you're distracted with all the best intentions, right? But if you're distracted or rushed or irritated or have other things on your mind, people feel that. Conversations don't go as well. Feedback doesn't go as well. But if you begin to see and get a feel for and an understanding around where your state of mind is, you can navigate that. You can, you know, understand it and use that knowledge to help you be more effective anywhere, more effective in any conversation with a loved one, with an employee, with a boss. You can be more effective when you're wanting to solve problems or as we're going to talk about today, being creative. You know, our state of mind, our internal climate is having an impact. It's, it's shaping it moment to moment. And so once I saw that, I realized, oh, this is the conversation I want to be in. Because it, like I said, it's, it's why it answered me, my question that I had earlier. Why do I struggle someplace more than others? Well, because of the quality of my thinking about that. That is, is really something that I think so many people overlook because we're trained to look outside of us or we're trained to look at the past. And I was trained initially as a psychotherapist. And one of the things that I found so disillusioning was people could understand every nuance of a traumatic experience, but that didn't take it away. Yeah. They just became the story. Yeah. They were a survivor, they were a this, they were a that. And there are precious few places within the domain of psychology where our thinking is really given more attention rather than the content of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also, it's like, you know, before this, I became a student in this field, you know, I knew that our thinking was having some kind of impact. Like I knew thinking negative wasn't a good idea. You know what I mean? But but I also knew that controlling my thinking, I wasn't very good at trying to, you know, replace a positive thought with a negative thought just like was way above what I was able to do all the time. You know, I could have moments where I could do it, but it just was, you know, I wasn't successful. And what this really points to is there, no, no, our minds, like the, the innate nature, the way our minds are desired are designed you know, um, no thought is permanent, it's all fluid. So my moment to moment experience is being shaped first by the thought I'm having and kind of, you know, what's going on in my mind where the quality of my own mind is in that moment. And so if I know thoughts fluid, I don't need to overcome it. I don't need to control it. I don't need to replace it. It'll move on. And as it moves on, my experience shifts because that's how it works. So I started to relate differently to my thinking. And one of the first things that began to happen was I started to see I had a lot of ideas about who I was and what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. Um, what I, where my potential was, where it wasn't, you know, I had so much thinking because also like you, Nina, you know, I have a psychology background. I'm not a therapist, but, you know, studied quite a bit. And um, 
also did a lot, like I said, a lot of programs and trainings to figure myself out and to try and change things. And so at the heart of many of that was, as you said, like, you got to find the problem, you got to find the source, you got to find the root cause. But it got me more stuck in the ideas that I was flawed. Though doing that pursuit, like, you know, like put stakes in the ground about, yeah, I have issues around commitment because of this. Oh, I have issues with discipline because of this. And it made it all feel true and solid. But what this work really points to is all of that is a mental constructs and made up ideas. And, you know, what if it's not a truth about who I am? It's just sometimes I experience myself as undisciplined but other times I experience myself as disciplined. Disciplined, brilliant, creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if we meander around a little bit, what are your thoughts about creativity and business and how that's encouraged, how you see it being encouraged, how you see it getting discouraged? Yeah, well, I think... Um, Creativity is probably misunderstood in business. And I think it's changing. I think kind of the dawn of this rapid rise in entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, you know, over the last few years, it's just significant. I think people are starting to appreciate that thinking about programs, designing a new um, online learning or um, problem solving or thinking up products or, you know, working with your clients that I think they're appreciating more and more that all of those are creative conversations. All of those are creative practices, you know, so um, where creativity used to be kind of in the in lane of some kind of talent, right? Like, you know, art. talent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that more and more our business is appreciating that our creativity is essential there too. And I'll give you an example. I have a really, one of my best friends for years um, always used to say about me and another friend of ours, like, oh, you guys are the creative ones. I'm just not that way. Mm -hmm. And then about five years ago, she got this great opportunity and promotion. And she had to step into an area where she literally had no experience and not a lot of knowledge. And what she discovered over that period of time was how, you know, like six or seven months after into that job, she went, oh, oh, I get it, I am creative. Because she could not draw on her past experience. Mm -hmm. She couldn't draw on, you know, knowledge that she had gained somewhere else. It was all new. So she started to really appreciate how, oh yeah, her mind would give her ideas. Mm -hmm. She would be able to sit in a meeting and contribute. That it didn't, creativity, she was able to rise to the occasion and she started to tap into new parts of herself that she, didn't even know we're there, but it was her, her, her being in the unknown is what woke her up to, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking ideas all the time. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I, it sounds like she just got thrown into the water Perfect. and she discovered that she actually did know how to float and did know yes. how to swim. Yes. Yeah. And the idea that we I've been doing a lot of study on quantum physics lately. And the idea that we're fixed, we are not this, we are not that. It's just, well, it's just wrong, first of all. Yeah. It's yeah. just something we haven't explored yet. And we're always in the unknown, yeah. but we are so habituated to falling back, as you were saying, on our reserves that we don't yeah. give enough space to that creative process and, and really noticing how ideas do come to us. Yeah. Yeah, you start to see that when we're put into situations, and by the way, COVID is a great example. You know, I mean, we could, I think everybody can relate to, like we've all been thrown into unknown territory this year. And if you look at what we're talking about, you'll see evidence of that you, you rose to the occasion. Now, People want to, you know, 
do better than they're doing, right? But let's take that out of it. Like, let's just see, like the evidence is there of you found a way to adapt. You found a way to maybe get creative about whether it was homeschooling or your schedule or your work or how to manage it all like that. The creative potential of our mind is innate. Every single human being has it. And we're accessing it all the time. It's just that we don't appreciate it because we look more to the output to decide whether we're creative or not. But again, you know, I, I think when I was first looking at this, I remember being at my sister's house and she has four kids and one of them was sick. And literally within, you know, and uh, within five minutes, she had revamped the whole day, found somebody to be like, you know, now, five minutes before that, she didn't even know she had that issue, right? Then it, on the spot, in the moment, she, her mind worked it out. And I know that's a simple example, but it's a simple example that people underestimate, like they don't appreciate. Oh, yeah, yeah like my mind is made to do that. Yeah. We get ideas. We get creative thinking. We, we come up with ways to help ourselves out, to help the people out in our lives. I, I love what you're saying. It's actually reminding me, I was looking at a couple of your blogs before our conversation and the one that you wrote not too long ago called Being Grateful Over Greedy. Yeah. Um, I'd love it if you would speak to that a little bit because that idea of the pursuit of the better and um, the perils of self-improvement as things that really do obscure that fact that we have this we always have that creative resource inside us. Yeah. Yeah. So I was with a good friend and we were hanging out, um, you know, a, a month or so ago. And I was sharing with him that one of the kind of habits of, of mind, right? Kind of thought habits I have is this feeling of um, needing to be better, needing to keep improving, you know, like I'll do something and my mind will naturally kind of go to critical. I don't, it's not like a, it doesn't bring me down all the time, but it affects me. So I'm constantly looking at how could I have done better? What could have gone better? Um, what, what didn't quite work? What still isn't done? Like my mind can look to what's still not done. And I was sharing that with him and he said to me, wouldn't it be great if we could be grateful over greedy? And it just hit me. And I was like, what? You know, and I realized I'm like, I never would have called my striving that kind of constant push to be better as me being greedy. But I I got it. I get I get it, right? Because I'm constantly in the in the internal climate of more and better, then it is impossible to appreciate what is. You know, my mind goes to how to fix it, how to improve it, how to be better, where I still need to grow, what needs to evolve, then um, it's hard to feel satisfaction. You know, we never feel deeply satisfied or content or grateful for, so, so the idea that, oh, my growth edge isn't in improvement. I, I, you know, I've been a striver my whole life and, you know, it's like it can get exhausting. What if my growth edge is appreciation and gratitude for what is? Oh, you that's know, powerful. Yeah, and some people will say, well, what is isn't great. I get it. But here's what I do know. If you take your eye off what isn't great and you just get willing, you'll see something to be grateful for. Mm. Well, it reminds me of something that you wrote and, and forgive me if I don't get it quite right, but I think what you wrote was something like, when we're always looking to see what didn't happen, we're missing what's happening right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And people, you know, and I kind of fall in the camp where um, gratitude seems like a nice thing, but I don't think I appreciate it like how powerful gratitude is, mm. how powerful it is and transformative it is to be able to look at what is and appreciate 
to see that that feeling of appreciation and gratitude that lives within us when we when we give our time self the time and space to do it amplifies it lifts us it encourages us it it changes you know the view from which we see the world like we said at the beginning if i'm living in this state of mind of better and not enough not good enough need to work harder then of course all i see is where i'm not good enough but if i learn to my growth edge to appreciate and recognize and acknowledge what is going well and to live in that space more not not all the time but more then what the fruit that comes from that is very different than the fruit that comes from my striving well just the the energetic quality of it is so different yes yeah and i'm i'm wondering if you see this as a, an obstacle that a lot of people in the corporate world struggle with executives leaders wannabe leaders that constant yes, sure. striving and striving and yet yeah no room yeah. for something else to come through absolutely you know i'm working with somebody now who is just this really strong performer and he's a great leader and he's like he has navigated covid and the impact that it's had to their organization like with you know, a lot of grace and a lot of creativity. And yet he has a really hard time taking a break to appreciate everything they've had. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a price to that. And in leadership and in business, that price kind of falls in a few different areas. One is, as we said, there's the price to his own internal well-being, his own ability to just rest and peace of mind and take in and rejuvenate and recoup, right? To feel that but also his ability to lead and, and to have his team take the break, to appreciate, to acknowledge what is. You know, again, it's not just, we don't do that because it just feels nice. We do that because it, it's generative. Think about creative work. Anytime I'm trying to write and I am like, constricted and judging and not in a great place, it's so much harder than when I'm just open and just writing and letting it come through, right? Like that's an example of where my internal state of mind is having an effect on my what I'm up to. So when we can put teams in a place of taking a break, appreciating, seeing what's going well, it really does something. We're better thinkers in that place. We're more creative in that place. We're more resilient in that place. When we're overwrought, tired, thinking we're behind, you know, not good enough, that is draining. It's why people who don't do labor go home at the end of the day and feel like they've been doing manual labor all day. <laughs> It's not because they have, it's because of where their head's been, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think what you're pointing to is such an unrecognized factor of fatigue. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And all the, the biochemicals that get released when we're in that, that constant state of being driven. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I have a, a woman I was talking to today, a client who is working on a contract. She has her own business and she's working on a contract for next year. And she was saying that the amount of time they want, it felt overwhelming. But when we really looked, it was totally doable and actually a really good opportunity. She didn't realize the overwhelm was coming from her mind, not the actual contract and the hours. It was just coming from how she was holding it and looking at it. Do you find when you're talking with executives and leaders and solopreneurs that they understand that once you point it out to them or does it take a certain kind of re-education? I think what people often think initially is that I'm telling them how to like have better thinking right? Like we all kind of hear it that way first. More of the self-improvement. Yes, exactly. And yet when they hang in long enough and they start to see like, oh, wait, one day I could have the thought, I could have that same to-do list on day one. And I, um, I'm in the flow. 
I'm doing everything. I'm enjoying it. I'm high energy. I'm loving it. I'm having good connection. You know, I go home at the end of the day or leave the room in COVID time, go in another room and it's fine. Right. I have that same workload the next day and it's arduous and hard and I'm tired and I'm overwhelmed and I, I feel behind all day. I go home, I leave the room, I'm exhausted. The only difference between those two days is where your mind was all day. That's it. So once they start to see it and people have evidence of it in their own life, oh, it's true. Like sometimes when I write or paint or I'm um, working with clients, I'm like just present and there's ease and grace and I'm not on my mind at all. There's just a quality of being in real time, right? And then other times when I'm just overthinking it, it just feels hard. I'm judging myself as I'm doing it. I'm distracted. You know, again, those are pointing to where the quality of our mind is, is shaping that experience. Yeah. It would be a really, really different world if more leaders, more heads of large organizations could recognize that. Yeah. Because yeah. so it would have a, a, a domino effect yeah. within their organization. Because if the person at the top is recognizing that their state of mind is crucial to yeah. the success of the company, then other people pick up on that. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, a couple things about that. I think that when we live, we can live in like an unhealthy norm and not even know it. I know I was. I always kind of laugh because 10 years ago, if you would have asked me, do you want to take a, a course on stress management or well-being? I would have been like, uh, no. I'm good. You know, I had no clue the amount of internal pressure I was living in because it was my norm, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that once it becomes visible, people start to connect the dots, you know, and they're more willing. So that's one piece of it. And I think there's just been this kind of conditioned idea that, uh, biz, you know, business is full of stress, business is right. full of pressure. And so right. people just kind of take it and yet what we're showing them is it doesn't have to be. Pressure is an internal thing. It's not coming from the workload or the deadline. It's coming from where the quality of our mind is in that moment. And so people can start to understand that it has huge payoffs. But the other thing I just want to say is I think it is becoming more and more in the awareness of business. I know that, you know, I have clients all over the world that I work with and, you know, they're starting to appreciate that their state of mind is having an effect and, and mindfulness, right, is something that's huge out there right now in a lot of companies. And I, I always love hearing that because it means that they're starting to appreciate the mind has a role. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. You're actually reminding me of another blog that I read okay. and, and okay. really appreciated the one called the creative genius of empty space yeah in terms of being a workaholic and a doer and i i'd love i'm going to read this part okay, that great. I, <laughs> great great in that blog you wrote the richness of life the creative genius of our minds intimacy and connection to ourselves and others is in the opposite direction of doing it's in the simple and profound moments when we show up fully with our presence. It's in the space, not the action. And it's in the feeling, not the doing. And I, I it's beautifully put, beautifully written. And I'd love it if you would just elaborate on that. Yeah, well, as, as you know, Nina, and then as your listeners are maybe getting appreciate that, you know, I really thought it was all about the doing, you know, it was about making it happen, work hard. I have very strong work ethic, you know, my, uh, based on my family, you know, and all of that. And so uh, it was radical and revolutionary for me to discover that my being fuels my doing, not the other way around. Say you more know, about that. That where I'm coming from inside myself in any given moment is shaping everything that comes after. 
and that it's the real place of miracles and transformation and connection and love all the things we're doing working so hard to try and create <laughs> are first of all right there for the taking and the being mm -hmm. but add to that for those of us that love to create and want to play the game of business or art or teaching or whatever that is what comes from that place when we take the time to anchor ourselves to align ourselves to become to have a personal relationship a personal felt knowing of that deeper nature within us mm. that essence when we have that and it'll be personal to us it'll be individual it'll show up in a way that's meaningful in the language and words that resonate for you but when you have a personal knowing of that a felt knowing of it it changes everything so yes i can still get i mean there are days we're going to work hard we, we you know we have a lot of uh, something we're excited about we got it we're working hard so it's not that i don't ever do that but i no longer believe that it's the source you know, I see that the source is that deeper nature, that being, that essence, that thing that all of us know is there. We just, I hadn't been as interested in it before. What do you think changed for you? Well, I think the first thing was realizing that we are, yes, we are these like amazing, beautiful, messy, humans you know like we have our human nature but it was also appreciating that all of us also have this kind of deeper nature or this human spirit or this essence right mm -hmm. again find words that are meaningful to you but to me that essence felt elusive or it looked like kind of magic that happened at times or it was you know and so or it was mixed in with like uh, old ideas of spirituality and religion so I couldn't quite make sense of it but when I went to just what's universal for every single human I realized oh yes it's true we all have this essence that from the moment we're born has helped us rise to the occasion in our life this human spirit that's alive and we are this also this human right that, that we have um, feelings and emotions and ups and downs and love and rejection, you know, like all of it, right? But it wasn't until I started to appreciate, oh, I'm both, I'm both. So what does that mean? What's it mean to be both? I'm not just a human that, you know, has to learn how to overcome my flaws. I'm also like we have within us this internal reservoir of well-being, a well of being that is like rich with connection and love and um, creativity and hopefulness and resilience. Like that's a part of our makeup too. But because the human experience is like so sensory, right? And we're looking out at our eyeballs at the world, we can, you know, get more fascinated with all of that versus really taking time to get to know that deeper nature within us. Yeah. It's reminding me of something I heard someone say recently about our essence as awareness and that's the one thing that remains constant for us throughout our whole life we always know that we're aware of what's going on around us unless we're subconscious or something but you know unconscious rather but that um the the thing that stays constant is not just that the camera is on and we're noticing things it has a capacity to it it has this limitless capacity for bringing out connection and well-being it's not just a uh, an, an inanimate thing that is going on in us as as time goes by but it's actually something that we can we can learn to uh, experiment with and explore more. And as the more we do that, the more we realize, oh, that's part of what I've had all along. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, like get to know that part. I always say, it's like, do you know who you are? See, mm -hmm. I thought I was my personality. I thought I was, you know, my past. And I thought I was, um, you know, my good, my bad, my all of that, right? But as you so beautifully said a little while ago, even none of that's fixed. And there's so much more to the story of who we are. And it lies in the direction of what you just so beautifully spoke to, that essence. Yeah. It does seem to me that there's sort of a sea change going on in the world now that, that you know, maybe one of the hidden blessings in this pandemic is that more people in business as well as in personal lives are having that opportunity, that invitation to take a step back and say, wait a minute, is this the kind of life yeah. that I've been living that now is gone? Do yeah. I want that again? So there's, there's been from everyone that I've talked to and clients that have, I've had have had that opportunity to say, hmm, wait a minute. What, what, what do I want going forward rather than thinking that forward means a fixed return to the past because that's not going to happen. But, yeah. but to be able to give ourselves the permission to wonder, well, what, what's next for me? What do I want? Mm -hmm. And slowing down and going into that, that uh, empty space that you were referring to and, and really just sitting in that for a while yeah. a little longer than we expected yeah <laughs> i wanted to dip my toe and say is that enough yeah no no i love that that's a beautiful invitation beautiful and and i think you're right i i there isn't anyone i talk to any of my clients and business around the world that in a really good way all the assumptions they've had about how business needed to be done have gotten blown up yeah well, that's true about us too. What if who you think you are has, you know, there's so much more to you than you realize. Yeah. What if your personality isn't fixed? What if, you know, whatever's happening right now in, in the world and in your life is for you? And there's intelligence in all of it, you know, there's wisdom in all of it. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing for a lot of people to see yeah. the wisdom in it. Yeah. Well, how well, could this be possible, you know, given yeah. that? Well, and I can appreciate that because I used to hear this, like, I had this idea if something went wrong, it was my, you know, like, oh, um, that somehow I had done something wrong. Like, oh, you mean I'm supposed to learn something this or I created this? And I'm like, I just want to be really clear. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that life is unpredictable and at times it's, painful and hard and at other times it's beautiful and amazing but what doesn't change what is constant is that we have everything we need to rise to the occasion whatever that is yeah part of our essence yes exactly yeah yeah mm -hmm. so now i'm going to go to another blog okay <laughs> that you wrote I'm, I'm sure you don't mind but i just no no yeah appropriate uh, you wrote, uh, I saw this today, a blog about ebb and flow yeah. in our work. And I'd love you to speak to that. It, it was very meaningful for me because I, the last few days I've just felt I've got nothing, <laughs> you know, and if, like trying to beat a dead horse. Well, maybe if I just push this or if I just kind of get in the game and play around a little bit and I wasn't getting anything that I really wanted. And finally, I just said, okay, let's yeah. just stop beating that issue and just not even think about it because something's got to be cooking. It's got to be fallow ground that's being worked on and something's going to pop up. So then your blog popped up. So okay. I'd love you to talk about that ebb and flow because it certainly resonated for me and for people who haven't read it, I'd love you to just talk a little yeah, bit about absolutely. where it came from. Yeah, I mean, I think your story is so relatable, like me too. When I'm not as productive as I think I should be or need to be, 
when I feel like I can't focus or, you know, I make the to-do list and, you know, like I'm really guilty of this. Like I'll think of all the things I'm going to do on the weekend. Right. You know, like all the, the, the things around the house or in my business or, and then I don't do any of it. Right. And then I just judge myself then, or I'm like, kind of get like, what are you doing? And, you know, sometimes I'm not really nice about it with myself, you know, I'm kind of hard on myself, but what I started to appreciate and to see was that ebb and flow in business is normal ebb and flow and productivity is normal ebb and flow of our energy is normal and ebb and flow is a part of nature and we are nature so we can look everywhere to see seasons right times where things are blossoming and times when they're dying times when the seed is there just doing its job underneath everything but you can't see it you know times when the waves are, you know, the tides are ebbing and flowing. You start to see like, oh yeah, that's, that's true for us too. And when we get a, when we take a step back and we get a macro view, we see it and we can look again at our lives and our productivity and our businesses. And even in relationships, you can see that there can be these ebbs and flows, times when you feel really connected in relationship and time when you don't right? And you just, you start to appreciate. And, and in my work, you know, when I quit my executive job and moved back to the States to start my own business, I, my first year, I just assumed things would move faster than they did. I just, you know, it's like I always do, right? But I remember um, that's when I was working with Michael and having in a conversation with him and he said you know Barb I think you don't appreciate that um you were running on you're like the energized battery he said you were running on 30 percent charge and you were making a lot of stuff happen you know but you were on 30 percent and now since you've moved back and you're able to slow down you need to rest and mm. slow down and he wow. said and he said, you're like at 70 now and you feel so good. You're like, hey, come on. And he said, but there's about 30% more charging to be done, you know? And it was such a great way for me to feel that and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And so I've gotten less worried about my really lazy days as I would call them or the times when I think I really should be working on that, but I don't. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm human. I still kind of can get on my case about it. But when you start to see, oh wait, ebb and flow, you see like, oh, there are times when I'm really productive. It's not true that I'm lazy. It's not true that I'm undisciplined or unfocused. No, I'm just experiencing that in this moment. But it will move through and I'll, I'll you know, come back into some sort of rhythm and flow. And just to see, it's just a natural part of business, of productivity, of relationship, of life. Yeah. I think that point that you're making about <clears throat> the natural flow of life is something that I don't take that into account certainly as much as I could. I mean, if you think about it, if you plant something in the ground and it's coming up, like nobody's saying, hurry up, hurry up, come on, start blooming. Where's the fruit? You need to do more. Yeah. Right, faster, more now. And yet, yeah. you, you know, it has its own timing. Yeah. The sun comes out, the clouds, yeah. you know, rain, everything comes in a particular timing and an, an evolution, if you will. But to disregard that and see ourselves as machines that we just need to crank up the power is going to do the trick. It might temporarily, but as you were saying, after a while, that takes a toll. Yeah. And you see, it's like people will tell you a lot of times, really creative people, I, you know, love listening to them or, you know, they'll talk about how the downtime is just as critical as the time they're producing. Like both, yeah. both create a healthy environment both create what's necessary. So the time off is just as critical. The time your mind needs to wander and 
the aimless and is just as critical as the time it's focused and in flow creatively. You know, it's, it's a whole picture. One doesn't, you know, do the other. And, and the other thing I just want to say, which I heard Marianne Williamson say this, but I just loved it is, you know, in the first three months of a woman being pregnant is highly creative. But when you look at her, you wouldn't know she was pregnant, you know? And so that's it. It's like part of our creativity and our creative expression in the world and living in the world means there's times when it looks on the outside like not much is happening. But there is in the ebb and flow of life, in, in the following the flow of life, as you said, there are times when um, rest, gestation, you know, um, play is needed more than doing and creating is needed. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I've more than once gotten to points where I thought the well is dry. I have a deadline. I should be doing this, but I can't. So I'll just go watch a movie. And in the middle of the movie, it's like yeah. out of the blue, I yeah. made space, somehow space opened up for some That's idea right. to come. And regardless of the quality of the movie, I just needed time to let something else in, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's why, what's that thing, you know, that they done research and people get their best ideas in the shower, right. driving and on vacation. And some people will add exercise. Well, it's not the activity that's creating it. It's that their minds get freed up. And in that space, new ideas come forward. Yeah. Do you, when you're working with people, whether it's individually or with groups, do you ever, um, give them the invitation to do that very thing, to let their minds open up in that way? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I do um, often with uh, uh, my clients, I do intensive, like, a, you know, a three to four day intensive at the start of our work together. Mm -hmm. And that intensive is really, it's such a funny name for it because it's actually about space and time and reflection. <laughs> And it's more like a retreat feel than it is like intensely doing. Right. But in that, we begin to look at this understanding so they can see it more. What is their own state of mind? What is, mm -hmm. how is that affecting things? But what's the role of thought? You know, what, what does this deeper essence have to do with that? You know, so you begin to talk about all of that and in relationship to whatever's on their plate, you know, why they're with me. But so much of that time is about slowing it down. Mm. and, and um, taking things off their minds and um, having space in the day and in the evenings. And then people start to feel it for themselves. They start to feel the difference inside themselves. But yeah, throughout, you know, like I'll, I'll this one woman I just spoke to, an executive in this financial company, she's got so much stuff on their plate it's just a high a really busy time of year so it's easy to start to get in that rush mode in that pressure mode right. so just in our conversation she was able to recalibrate right and just remember like oh yeah the sped up is coming from inside of me it's not because of my schedule you know just that those simple reminders and orientations really help people you know what i i love with this kind of a conversation is that you really start to see the humanity in people when they get out of only looking at what's out there and what needs to be done and how they look and their accomplishments and you know all the the yeah. things that need to be checked off on on the checklist of being successful or famous or happy or whatever it is yeah. and suddenly you see that and it's pretty dry having to be focused on those things all the time but when people start to look more inward to the nature of who they are and how their minds are either as you were saying earlier either limiting them or uh, expanding their possibilities you see this beautiful 
humanity that is so lovable, which you don't see when most of the time people are just, you know, get out of my way. I'm busy. I got things to do. Yeah. 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 No, I think it comes back to what you said earlier about COVID. Like I think in a way what a lot of people have woken up to is what really matters. Mm. And I think that's true. And that's why I encourage everyone to just get curious about kind of that like, what if you consider the fullness of who you are, the wholeness of who you are, which is not just what you're up to and your personality and your strengths and your looks and all of that and what you do and contribute. You know, you are also this incredible being, um, you know, that has within it this incredible resourcefulness and um, love and connection and well being. And so to get to know that part of yourself as well. Mm. Yeah, well, that goes back to what we've been talking about, the, the wholeness of, yeah. of who we are. We're not just a, yeah, we're not just machines. Yeah, you know, we have this incredible, if we were machines, there would be no room for creativity. Yeah, that's right. Right? Be predictable. Right. And maybe it would yeah. work. But yeah, yeah. Where would the new ideas come? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 and 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 we know we aren't making them. We aren't generating those new ideas, right? We aren't making those new ideas happen. They come through us, right? Now, with the people that you're working with, do they get that? Because so um, many, I'm just going to jump in here and, and say, yeah, a little please. Because so many, including me, you know, many times is that I'll think, well, I have to do this. I have to figure it out. I have to make it happen. But, you know, if I just crank the wheels hard enough in my brain, then some new idea will get spit out. And yet it's a whole different ball game from the way that you're uh, using it to work with the people that you do and the clients that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, we place, I know I did as well, like a lot of um, respect, credibility, whatever it is on our intelligence, right? Mm. And it looked like I believed all my thinking was really relevant and important and necessary to do well. So when I was first sort of encouraged to say, no, no, you have this innate creativity you have this resilience you you know you you do really well in the moment you don't need to over prepare and think through everything I had to go on my own journey with that yeah Uh, but but what was interesting was there was something in it that felt true to me like something inside of me was saying pay attention Mm -hmm. and so I had to go on my own learning curve which all ever all of us have to do to really see like you know, do I need to prepare as much as I do? You know, do I need to think as hard as I do? Do Is mulling over really getting me anywhere? And I started to see all my mulling over did was all, most of the time weigh me down or keep me in looped thinking. Mm-hmm. When I kind of take things off my mind and just would see, it's like I'd be out for a walk and have an aha moment, or I, like you said, you watch a movie and all of a sudden go, oh, I know what to do. Like you start to see like, oh no, we're designed to, to figure things out, but it doesn't always happen through, you know, like um, pushing our minds and yeah. overthinking about yeah. it. I know that uh, not too long ago, I was having something going on that made me feel really uncomfortable. And I was having a, a conversation with Michael Neal and he said, well, you know, life isn't linear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. I th- how did I forget that? Yeah. But, yeah. I love that. But that is so often the fallback response. Well, if I do this, then this will happen. Then this will happen. Yes. This will yeah. happen. So yeah. now I have to, I have to prepare for those consequences, which haven't even happened yet. I don't know that they are going to happen. I've kind of made it up that they will, but that I, it was one of those things that I was struck dumb with the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I always love that when someone says one line, you're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. 
Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's not linear. No. And, and every, everybody who's ever made something, created something, it, the idea came to them. It wasn't like they worked so hard that suddenly it popped out of the oven and it was fully made and completely cooked. It always comes through. Everyone says that. Scientists say that, educators, artists, painters, writers, musicians. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we forget that with that, it, as you were saying earlier about productivity and the, you know, the killing of creativity by needing to be productive, needing to be a leader, needing to look good, needing to make things happen. It just, I know in my own experience and the people that I talk to, it doesn't work. It may work for a little while, but as you were saying, the cost is really high. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And you see that it's like, the idea will come or clarity comes through as well. Clarity emerges. Mm. You know, sometimes I think we try and think our way into clarity, but you kind of know when you're on a dead end and you know when, you you know, people get stuck in a decision or trying to figure something out. And if they could see like, oh, if they can start to appreciate, wait, this thinking isn't getting me anywhere. I've just, you know, spent, you know, countless amount of hours and energy looking in this and you start to realize like clarity comes through so we can often put something down lay it down and go live our lives and then as you said we'll get that creative idea or we'll get clarity yeah it's funny isn't it these things that we know inside us yeah and all of the conditioning that we have that runs counter to that yeah 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 exactly funny yeah you have several different programs that you offer right now you have the um, beyond limits the in business the virtual summit and you yeah. have the uh, small group mentoring program I, are you going to be doing that again in 2020 i am i'm with a group right now and i'll be starting another group either february or march yeah mm, nice yeah. And then you also have the uh, solopreneur coaching. Yes. Yeah. I'm super excited about this. I've been piloting it this year and with COVID, it kind of adjusted things, but in a nice way, because it, it gave me some time to kind of try some new ideas, but really this came out of, you know, there are people all over who are wanting to create businesses and do work they love and have it fun their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that journey, it's been my own and um, I've had my own journey with it and been working with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs for many years. And so I wanted to create this global platform and a membership club that would include me coaching and some education and sharing, but also at the heart of it would be community. That people, you know, when we're solopreneurs, we're kind of out there on our own doing our best to figure things out. And I've just seen the magic and the power of being in a community of people that are looking in the same direction, right? They're learning about this understanding, but they're also trying to make make things out into the world and express themselves in the world. And so that relationship between you know, the internal and what we're trying to create and do is such a passion of mine. So this community will include people from all over and, you know, opportunity to connect and to collaborate and to learn from one another, support one another. So yeah, I'm, um, we're still in the pilot phase right now, but that'll be launched publicly in uh, March or April. Mm. Yeah. It's so exciting. And boy, what a, what a gift to be able to provide community, yeah. even virtually. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now because yeah. people are feeling yeah. so isolated, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's something I've always just loved this idea of community because I think it's really powerful when you see like you know, there's a collective wisdom that begins to emerge mm. and, you know, and what that can do for each, for people and for each other. And also, I just, I think 
you know, sometimes having a resource that you can say something as simple as, has anybody tried this tool? I mean, you know, it's like practical. That's not what I'm offering. That's not what I do. But when you're in community with people, it's also becomes like this resource for one another too. Yeah. yeah. That's gorgeous. That's yeah. Gorgeous. So I know people can find you on LinkedIn and Instagram and yes. where else? Uh, you know, the, Easiest place is probably barbarapatterson.com. Yeah, yeah. But LinkedIn, I share my blogs and other articles I do there. Instagram is where I feel most like share me more, you know, like so I share my blog and other stuff, but I also kind of just share more about me and what I'm up to and and all of that. So the insider's view. Yeah, yeah. At home with Barbara. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) yeah thank you so much I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today oh Nina it's always a pleasure and thank you for having me thank you so much and thank you people who are listening out there stay tuned for the next one bye for now